Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, my name is Bex. Welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club. I have got loads of stuff on the way for you today. You can hear me chat to the author Sophie Hen about her brand new book in the Bad Nana series. I've also got an exclusive extract from Jeff Kinney's new book. And I'll be telling you all about what is happening in the world of Jamie Littler as well. Plus, we'll be recommending some amazing new books for you to read. But first, it is my big brain-busting book trivia question. Today's question is this. What is the smallest book ever? Is it A, Teeny Ted from Turnip Town? Is it B, Small Sam in Sandals and Socks? Or is it C, Minute Max makes microwaves? Mm, Yeah, what could it be? Two of those I've made up. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it. Don't you worry about that. First up, let's chat to Sophie Hen. Hello. Hello. Now, this is your first time at Fun Kids. It is. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm delighted to have you because I love your book, Bad Nana. Oh, thank you so much. It thank is you. so lovely. So it's uh, this one's called That Snow Business. It's the third one in the series. It certainly is. So yeah. what's, uh, what's Jeannie and what's Nana up to in this book? Oh, well, in this one, and there's a little bit of a twist in this one, because um, usually it's uh, Bad Nana using her mischievous and pranking powers for good. And um, she tends to use them to stand up to uh, bullies and bossy boots. But um, in this one, maybe things flip a little Mm. because it's the Winter Wonderland variety show um, happening in Jeannie's town and everyone's invited to audition. Um, And uh, Bad Nana and her old showbiz pal, Bobby True Love, also find themselves at the audition and possibly go a little razzle-dazzle crazy um, as the show sort of takes flight. So so, um, maybe it's uh, Jeannie has to step into the fore this time and uh, and possibly save the day. Who knows? Who knows? I do love this so much because (laughs) Nana turns up for the auditions just to support Jeannie more than anything else. Pretty much. And just happens. Just happens. Just happens to whip off her coat and what is underneath but a lot of sequins and an amazing outfit. I mean, that's usually underneath my coat, to be fair. (laughs) But um, but yes, she's... She's, um, she's very sparkly, dazzling, yeah. almost blinding. Yes. What is your favourite thing that Nana gets up to <clears throat> in this uh, in this book? <laughs> well, so many. I really had a lot of fun with this because yeah. obviously the partnership between Bad Nana and her old friend, the town celebrity, Bobby True Love, mm-hmm. um, and the two of them playing off against each other. Um, so many naughty, cheeky, mischievous things she gets She's up to. She's clever, to be fair. Well, yeah, they, they get a bit sneaky to, uh, to to keep their place in the spotlight. They uh, they get a little bit sneaky. But but yes, I don't want to spoil too much okay. of it. But yes, lots of um, possibly the one involving Bobby True Love's knicker elastic. But I'm going to say no more. <laughs> mine, I won't again. I won't spoil it. But mine was, I think, uh, restringing the instruments <laughs> with something else. I'll, I'll put a well-known suite. Yes, yeah, yes. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was Bad Nana um, based on one of your nanas, or was it just a character no. that came into your head? 
Well, Bad Nana actually started out as a little comic strip um, and I made a comic for my daughter when she was about seven because she couldn't find a comic out there, sort of for girls, not exclusively, but generally for girls that she liked. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, OK, well, I will create one and um, came up with lots of uh, different characters and Bad Nana was one of them. And in the confines of the comic, she was, um, it was more about her playing pranks out and about um, um, obviously, it's a much shorter story in a yeah. comic. And I thought that's quite funny because if you or I did that, we get into big trouble. But if a nana does it, no one's going to tell a nana no. off, are they? So that's how she started. And then I got the chance to um, to get put her into a book, which was completely exciting. So I expanded the idea um, a, a bit more. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, so I think it's scientifically proven that the older you get, the fewer hoots you give. Oh, generally. yes, I've heard that. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm studies. certainly experiencing that. So I thought it was quite empowering for younger girls to see an older woman out there who didn't really care what people thought of yeah. her. She stood up to the, to the baddies and was having loads and loads of fun in the process. I did enjoy in this book because she's just out for herself. She's having a lovely time. Not out for herself in a bad way, yeah. but just like, she's there for fun. She's living her best life. She's yeah, ripping yeah. it up. She's, um, yeah, she's having, but also using her powers for good, yeah. you know, and standing up to maybe the slightly bossier members of the community sure. and, um, and not having any of their nonsense. I did enjoy also the idea that the, there's so much talent in this place. <gasps> Teeming. Yeah. If you had a special skill to perform on stage, <gasps> what would you have? Um, I'm not sure I can claim to actually own the skill, but it would definitely be tap dancing. Tap dancing. I, do, I did do classes a while, a while oh, really? back but in the scout hut at my local town. <laughs> and, um, and then the classes stopped and I hope it was nothing to do with my over-enthusiasm. But, um, but the teacher did. She brought in the sparkly bowler hats and canes as a special treat for me. And, um, just you. Uh, yeah, just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did, I did love it. Yeah, and we, there were no mirrors. Crucially, there were no mirrors in the Scout Hut. Okay. So in our minds, we were all Gene Kelly and <gasps> Fred Astaire. That's quite clever, actually. Because mm, you go week brilliant. after week, you think, you know what? Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I am awesome. There's a little part of me that always thinks I'd be good at it. I've never tried it, but I feel like I'd be good at it if I tried it. I feel like you'd be brilliant Thank at you it. so much. One day, maybe I'll make a little fun kid video of me just tap dancing away excellent work <laughs> when you're doing this because you're also an illustrator as well yes do you do you draw the pictures first or do you write it first how does it work i um the characters tend to come about visually first for me but with regards to these books um i write them first absolutely and obviously um when i'm writing certain bits mainly sort of comedy moments um i've got images in my mind of how I want those moments to look um, but I will and sometimes I write things specifically because I want to do a certain drawing um, in the previous book All the Fun of the Fair there was the um, uh, synchronised swimmers but they were performing at the village fair so right. there was no water so that was written pretty much so I could just draw lots of women in lovely bathing suits with frilly bathing caps on nose clips because <laughs> it is lovely if you're if you're a kind of reader who's, who's a bit intimidated by a big heavy book mm. this is such a fun book to read because it's it's really lovely there's an amazing array of pictures in there as well yeah hopefully and it's broken down into chapters as well so I know sometimes it's left um, it, well children read it independently mm -hmm. and sometimes people have a chapter a night as a bedtime story um, and hopefully yeah hopefully everyone's enjoying it and um I think Bad Nan is pretty warm and welcoming in oh, her great. own special way. So. It's such a fun... I, honestly, reading it, I was like, I can really hear those characters coming through. I know those people in that book. Well, I think 
And that's what I really love about writing Bad Nana because it is about all those little everyday things yeah. that can become quite big, um, you know, in, in towns and, and villages up and down the country. So it's, um, yeah, it's celebrating all those lovely everyday things that actually can have be hugely funny. Uh, do you have more Bad Nana books in the works? <gasps> well, there are plenty more in my head. So fingers crossed, yes. Um, I think uh, I think a summer special would be good down <gasps> at the seaside. I can... I can see Bad Nana causing some mischief. Yes, please, with the donkeys, yeah. yeah. Completely. Blackpool all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, so what we do here with Fun uh, Fun Kids listeners Mm. and uh, authors Mm. is we do a special quick wire round of questions, Mm. if that's okay to do with you right now. That is okay. Excellent. Slightly nervous. No pressure at all. Just get a feel for you as an author. See more about you. Uh, Seeing as it's your first time here, I thought we'd uh, we'd get involved and do it straight away. Nice. So, uh, first up, books or Kindles? Books. Books. Every author says that. Heroes or villains? (gasps) <gasps> oh, um, okay. Well, I mean, as far as writing and drawing goes, I'm going to go with villains. More fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Again, a lot of authors say that. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? <gasps> um, film. film. Film? Okay. Yeah. Ted or Edie? Oh, <laughs> that's like choosing between two of my lovely children. Okay, I'm going to go with Ted. Just because... Um, because he, he's, I like the fact he's a tiny little boy, but he sounds a bit like an old man. So, yeah, that's why I picked Ted. I thought that might be quite tricky for you. That was, that was a bit mean of me. I'm sorry. Evil. Writing or reading? <gasps> oh, golly. I'm going to go with writing. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go. Well, I love, but obviously, but yeah. Okay, writing. writing. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. Hogwarts, yeah, me too. Pink wafers or chocolate digestives? Chocolate digest. <gasps> but in the but book, don't tell bad Nana. I was going to say, there's so many mentions of pink wafers in the book. Yeah, I know. And I've, feel like I've gone with them more for aesthetic value if I'm absolutely That's honest fine. if you'd have asked me that probably I don't know maybe 40 years ago mm-hmm. I'd have probably said pink wafers I'm a more sophisticated biscuit person now <laughs> <It's chocolate digestive>. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see this uh, this gradient we're working on <laughs> I'll get yeah, in the next book custard <laughs> yeah. cream chocolate bourbons just all of them in there all I of will, them right up there yeah I'll need to check that out uh, laptop or write by hand Oh, I'd love to say write by hand because there's something really lovely and cathartic and relaxing about that. But honestly, laptop. Yeah, realistically. Mm. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? (gasps) Mm. Oh, goodness me. Well, (laughs) I spent a very um, lovely few hours in the company of Jacqueline Wilson not that long ago. And on that basis, I'm going to say Jacqueline Wilson. Great. I love her as well. She's lovely. Brilliant. Drawing or writing? Oh, no. Okay, I came at all of this from a drawing point of view so I'll say drawing I started with pictures yeah okay uh, bookshop visit or school tour <gasps> oh no I can't I even begin to I have to answer I have to answer that preferably well okay I'm going to say school tour because bookshops are often there as well <laughs> so um, um, I get them both in and also the thing about a school tour is you just never know what's going to happen next Mayhem. or what everyone's going to say so that's quite exciting yeah excellent do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy I write when I can. <laughs> it's the honest answer. Being a mum and obviously like this, um, you know, bobbing about all over the place. Um, but um, in an ideal world, I write in the morning. I'm much better in the morning. More productive. Yeah. yeah. And finally, oh. the last one, the big one, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Prawn cocktail. Oh, boom. What? <laughs> I know. Bringing the old school crisp flavours back. The Prawn hidden third option. Cocktail. Yeah, the hidden third option. All right. Well, because you answered the rest of them so well, Thanks. I'm going to give you. Normally, if people pick cheese and onion, 
I'm very disappointed. So you've you've gone off piece, and I respect that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, big, big fan of that. And the packets are pink, so I'm on brand as well for Bad Nana. <laughs> you absolutely are. <laughs> uh, Fab or Sophie, thank you so much for popping by, Fun Kids. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. No worries. And please come back for the next Bad Nana book. I would love to. Thank you very much. Next up, we have a bit of an exclusive for you. It is an extract from Jeff Kinney's brand new book in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. It's called Wrecking Ball. Monday. During dinner tonight, Mom said we needed to have a family meeting, and family meetings are never much fun. Mom told us Aunt Reba had lived a really humble life in a small apartment, but that she had been careful with her money and made some really smart investments. Well, I had no idea why Mom was telling us all this. But then came the big news. Mom said that Aunt Reba had left all her money to her family, and it took me a second to realize that included us. Apparently, when you find out about this sort of news, you're not supposed to act happy about it, because I guess that's disrespectful to the person who passed away. But nobody told us kids that. We jumped up on our chairs and screamed and hooted and hollered, Yay! Hooray! Woo-hoo! After Mom got us to settle down, she said we needed to have a serious discussion about what to do with our inheritance. I already knew exactly how I was going to spend my share. Roderick said he wanted to use his share to buy a tour bus for his band, Loaded Diaper. And Dad wanted to buy some really expensive figurines for his Civil War diorama. Manny wanted to use his money to fill his bedroom up to his neck with chocolate pudding, for some reason. But Mom shot down everyone's ideas. She said we were making this decision as a family and whatever we did with the money was going to have to benefit everybody. Then she told us her idea, which was to use the money for home improvements. Everyone else thought that was a really boring idea. But not me. I ran upstairs to get the blueprints for my dream house, and I went through them floor by floor. But Mom said the money Aunt Reba left us wouldn't even pay for the ice skating rink I designed for the second level. So I tried out some of my less expensive ideas, like the couch with a built-in toilet. Mom wasn't crazy about those ideas either. She said she was thinking about using the money for an extension. Well, that sounded like a great idea to me. I figured if we added two more stories to the top of our house, then everyone in the family could have their own floor. In the basement, Roderick with his drums and big loudspeakers. Above that, Dad with his Civil War diorama. The next floor up, Mom in the bath, listening to New Age music. And then the next floor up, me and my wonderful collection of vintage arcade games. And then on the top floor, Manny, up to his neck in chocolate pudding. 
Roderick wanted to make the extension into a recording studio, and Dad wanted to make it all glass so he could show off his Civil War diorama to the neighbors. Manny had his own idea for what to put in the extension, but I think it was mostly just the chocolate pudding thing again. Of course, Mom didn't like any of our ideas, and she said she had a totally different plan for what the extension should be. Mom said she'd always wanted a bigger kitchen, and she was really excited to use the money for that. None of us really liked that idea, though, and we kept brainstorming other things we could put in there. But now Mom was mad. She said she was the only person in the family who'd ever sent Aunt Reba a thank you note for anything, so she was going to decide how to use the money. And for some reason, that was the end of the conversation. See, this is why leaving your relatives' money is a bad idea. All it does is make everyone miserable. I'm not planning on leaving any money behind when I go. I'm going to spend every last cent so there's nothing left for people to fight over. I can guarantee that me and my brothers are going to fight over whatever inheritance we get from Mom and Dad, and I'm already worried that I'm not going to get my fair share. That's because when I first learned to write my name, Roderick made me sign a bunch of pieces of paper, and who knows what kind of things I'd agreed to back then. He probably wrote all sorts of things above my name, like, I promise to give Roderick all my money, or I promise to clean Roderick's house, or I promise to do all Roderick's chores, or I promise to wash Roderick's car, signed Greg. Roderick always says he's the firstborn, so he'll get our parents' house and all their money too, but I don't think it works like that anymore. If he's right, though, then I'm glad I'm the second in line and not the third because Manny's got no chance of getting any money with two older brothers in front of him. And that's the reason I always watch my back around that kid. Just a heads up, at the end of November, we're going to be chatting to Jeff Kinney, a.k.a. the author of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And if you've got a question for Jeff, just... Hmm. And if you've got a question for Jeff, just leave a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this. We're not interested in those four-star ones, obviously. And drop us the question as well, and we will ask it on your behalf. Now it's time to introduce our big, famous, fantastical, Noah of all things book-related. It is Imogen. Hello. Hello. You are right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am grand, thank you. I see good. this pile of books you have in front of you. Yes, I have three gems of books mm. waiting for your ears and eyes to consume. Oh, yes, please. And the first of those is The Pearl in the Ice by Catherine Constable. Now, this is a book all about a 12-year-old girl called Marina who feels this huge kind of pull to the sea um we've had lots of sea books lots of sea books yeah i don't know why that's a theme but i'm enjoying it greatly Mm. Uh, her dad is actually a naval commander but has kept her away from the water all her life 
And when she's sent to boarding school, instead she stows away on her dad's ship. Um, and But unbeknownst to her, it's the eve of a war and she sets sail on this voyage through icy waters and it's a story of shipwrecks and sea creatures and finding about the truth uh, around her family and uh, venturing into the North North Sea. And um, it's just a wonderful book. It's, re- it's thrilling. It's a thriller. It's got adventure in it. It's got this kind of romantic sense of um, imagination and the sea and all things that come with that. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful book um, with great characters and a wonderful story to go with it. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, great. What's up next? The next is a bit of a strange book. I know of this with, book. Yeah, yeah. Bear with me. It's called Travels with Sushi in the Land of the Mind mm-hmm. by Edward Schifrin. Now. <laughs> now. now. Here we go. This might sound a bit barking mad, but here we go. This story follows the adventures of Aaron and Stella, and they eat some magical sushi and go on a journey into the land of the mind, Mm -hmm. Bex. Um, So this is a land that is governed by mathematics and quantum physics and there's forces of evil and chaos that are taking over and Aaron and Stella have been chosen uh, to save the land of the mind before it completely falls into ruin and their task is to get to the memory mountain rescue the book of understanding which contains all the rules on like how to live a really good life Mm -hmm. and return it to the people and on the journey they have to overcome all these difficulties and prove their acts of like love and courage and kindness and all these good things that humans have to do in life um and they build uh, friends and followers and um it's it sounds mad it does i'm not gonna lie yeah but it's a really really great book and um there's a little extract that goes Even though their stomachs were full to bursting, the children picked up one piece of soft, warm sushi each, and the grown-ups asked for coffees and teas. When they placed the sushi on their tongues, a thousand different flavours seemed to burst from within the tiny gold parcels. The warmth spread over them like a thick, woollen blanket, and they sank back into their seats. The voices of their family and all other diners merged together into one soothing sound, not unlike music or waves breaking on a shoreline, and the coloured lights on the plants seemed to dance before them before being engulfed by a descending darkness. The children closed their eyes to bask in the sensations. When they opened them again, the restaurant had vanished. Oh, dun dun dun! Magical, and also makes me a little bit peckish. I won't lie. Yeah, it's as you can probably tell from that extract. It's beautifully written. It's really nice. Yeah, uh, really nice and descriptive. You can you can really immerse yourself in the land of the mind. Yeah. Um. So if you want a little bit of a challenge, because it can be quite wordy at times, but gorgeous book. I would definitely go for this one. It's not too big either, actually. No, no, yeah. no. It's one to really lose yourself in, I think. Lovely. And what is the, the third and final book? The third one is Mr. Penguin and the Catastrophic Cruise by Alex T. Smith. Now, this book couldn't be further That's from the last book. so different. Um, this is a hilarious uh, sequel to the Mr. Penguin uh, series. This is a third book in the series, I believe. And in this book... Mr. Penguin and his trusty sidekick Colin the Spider mm-hmm. um, head off to the pyramids on a cruise um, and the ship's called Saucy Sandra 
uh, and they receive a ransom letter on the cruise for their good friend Edith and they're sent on their most important mission yet to save her um, and can they find the mysterious object that the kidnapper is demanding uh, we don't know <laughs> and will Mr Penguin complete all the three impossible tasks and get home in time for a fish finger sandwich well you have to read the book to find out and it's a really really funny hilarious book it's got lots of drawings lots of fun it's colourful it is really colourful it's got all your favourites from the previous books it's got Mr Penguin it's got Colin it's got Edith and it's got her pigeon Gordon and at the beginning what I really like it has a list of all the characters in the story. Oh, that's very handy, isn't it? So if you get confused, you can refer back and see that Mrs Bubbles is a goldfish and uh, all these different things. And um, yeah, it's really great. I like the beginning of the book. It just says, Mr Penguin is a penguin. He is a penguin. Right, it's good to know, isn't it's it? It's true. I think it's a, a great opener for the book. Yeah, well, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> it <laughs> is indeed. Uh, we'll see you very soon. Yes, bye-bye. Bye. Next up, we're going to chat to Jamie Littler about his brand new book, Frostheart. Hey, I am joined by the author, Jamie Littler. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for coming back. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. We like, I love fun kids and uh, it's... Uh it was, yeah, it was a few months ago, right? Yeah, so, so you were like, back here with Danny Wallace. I was, previously. yeah, for our last book um, together. And now this is my, my first solo book, as it were, like uh, where I'm both author and illustrator. This is really exciting because for, for Danny's book, you're just the illustrator, not yes, just, that's but right. you're the illustrator. Yeah, for, for, all, for all jobs. Like, uh, yeah, so I've been an illustrator for quite a few years, and but I've always been drawing other or like drawing for other authors' books, yes. but this is the first time that I've, I've written all the words as well, which is very exciting. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, just lots of hard work to get here, but I'm here now and I'm very <laughs> excited and happy. So, yeah. Did you feel like more pressure because it's your first one on your own? Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, there were times where I got a bit, bit almost too scared to start it and things. You know, when I found out that the book was going to be made, that, 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 that um, uh, Puffin wanted to do it, yeah. I was suddenly like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of panicked myself into it. But I, no, as soon as I started doing it, it was really good fun. It was, it was fantastic. And so. was it an idea you'd had in your head for a little while? Yeah, it was a mixture of a few things, actually. Like so, um, I've been trying to write a book for a while, um, and I kept. Number one, I, I struggled to stick with an idea, okay. so I was a bit like a crazy butterfly going from one idea flower to another. <laughs> just like, oh, there's an idea, oh, there's an idea. Then I, when I finally managed to to settle on one, it was just trying to get it right. I was having to like practice like my writing and things. So there was a few times where I I, I scrapped the book or I moved it aside and things, oh. and these were different ideas as well. And then I finally came up with the idea of Frostheart and by then I think I'd had quite a lot of practice because I'd done so many rubbish stories before that luckily I think each time I did one I improved a little bit and then and then yeah Frostheart was uh, was made. So, <laughs> so. so Frostheart is the story of Ash? It is yes Ash um, who lives up in the the furthest reaches of the north in the snow sea which is this very unforgiving frozen world um but the the cold is the least of your worries because yeah. there's these leviathan monsters that... that's how you say it i was reading i was like how do i say this out yeah loud? i was worried leviathan. people okay. may so yeah good so to know yeah. I, I, I saw this I, I can't remember where it was written but it's like you know leviathans of the deep i think it's it was a word they used to use for like big sea monsters under the sea oh, and right. like, I think sailors used to be like oh you look out for that leviathan over there because <laughs> that's what sailors sound like <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah um and i just really like the word because just saying monsters and stuff it sounded a bit like um 
I don't know, a bit ordinary. So yeah. I thought Leviathan, that sounds cool. But it's quite hard to say, yeah. And I like it. <laughs> yeah. So he lives he lives in this really far yeah. flung place. Yeah, and he's and he's 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 uh, like Ash hasn't had the easiest of lives. His 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 parents went missing when he was a baby, and he's been put into the guardianship of um a big, angry, fierce Yeti warrior known as Tobu. Um and he yeah ash is very lonely but not only that he is a song weaver and song weavers are people so the the leviathans they sing they sing songs like think whale song yeah um but it changes depending on how they feel so if they're angry it's kind of like a war song and and there's these people called song weavers who can communicate with the leviathans with that song like they they're able to do it and talk to them so the people are a bit scared of these these song weavers they're like what what are they saying to the leviathans you know are they plotting against us or maybe the leviathans are controlling their minds or something you know so ashes ends up being exiled from his his people but luckily he is able to join the the intrepid Frostheart crew the Frostheart is a massive engine powered sleigh um, and these, this crew of pathfinders, these are people who go from one stronghold to the other where people are hiding from these monsters and they bring like trade and medicine and messages. And Ash goes off on a hopefully very fun, exciting adventure with this, this crew, um, across this dangerous world. Uh, yeah. It's super fun. I love, um, immediately when you open the book, like you're straight in the action straight away. There's, there's no holding back. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of action in the book. I actually went whilst we were writing and I was editing, I had to take away some action right. scenes because there were just so many. Um, and it's nice to have some quiet moments sure, just to, yeah, okay. just to catch your breath. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it, I think it's quite an action packed book. Yeah, yeah, what was your favourite thing to write? Which scene was the best one oh, for you man. to like, imagine? Um, it sounds weird, but like, because I really like action, but I find action actually the hardest things to write because okay. there's just so much going on and stuff. So I, I think the bits I like the most were often like dialogue, like just between characters and stuff. I don't know if there's, without doing too many spoilers, if, if I could say my favourite bits, but I liked it, yeah, when there were like, I do, did actually like the quiet moments where characters are talking. You could get some funny dialogue in and get to know the characters a bit better. And what came first, the writing or the illustrating? Um, illustrating. Kind yeah. of the same. Um, I I think very visually, right. uh, I, I yeah, think course, because yeah. I'm an illustrator, right? Sure, so yeah. like, so I'm always like, um, if I write stuff, I'll then do like um, uh, sketches next to them and right. vice versa. Sometimes I'll do a sketch and that will inspire some writing. And so it's kind of a mixture. But in the end, when when it really came to it, I, I wrote the whole thing. Um, and then in the evenings after I'd like finished writing, sometimes I'd go to my sketchbook and think, try and like sketch things I'd like written about that day, just yeah. just so I could remember what I was thinking. And um and yeah, sometimes it would be the other way around that I'd be doing an illustration uh, later on, whilst when I came to doing illustrating the whole book, and um I would actually go back and change some of the text because the illustration just looked cooler than than what the text was saying. And I was like, yeah, but no, we got to change this. Now. It's fine. So, we'll like, just edit around this. It's yeah, fine. yeah, exactly. Because it is just such a beautiful book, uh, obviously to read, but also to just to flick through because well, the st- you, story yeah. is so lovely but also the illustrations just match it perfectly thank you very much yeah it was uh, again because it was it's my baby you yeah, know like, there, yeah. yeah so I, I i i really tried to put as much effort into this not that i don't with other books but i had i was lucky enough to actually have a bit longer on this book as well so i was able to really 
get stuck in with the illustrations and sometimes like deadlines you know when you have to have a book done you can make you work a bit faster than you would like but this one I said I had a bit longer so I was able to try a few different versions of illustrations make sure it was really the the illustration I wanted to to show. (laughs) And is Ash a character that you are going to see again in a second book? Absolutely yes it's actually going to be a trilogy so yeah so this is just the beginning of a uh, yeah there's two two more books to come I've actually just finished writing the second book um, and it's yeah it's, we're, we're editing it up making it as good as possible at the moment but um, yeah and then I'll be illustrating that before I know it so it's very exciting brilliant stuff <laughs> now uh, there's one thing that I do with authors on Fun Kids but I know you've been here before I don't yes. think you've done my um, quick fire round of questions oh no I don't Which, know if I have actually uh, yeah, yeah I definitely did with Danny Wallace I think the last time you were here we did a monsters quiz I remember the monster quiz well yes. yeah that was good and, yeah. uh, but this is is my author quick fire round of questions great if that's alright yeah, I mean I, no pressure obviously just do my stretches <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> get ready yeah I'm, I'm ready I'm ready Okay, uh, books or Kindles? Um, oh, God. Uh, 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 books. books. Every author <laughs> yeah. says books. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll read you yeah. in gently here. Heroes or villains? Villains. Villains. Okay. Uh, George Pritchett or Danny Wallace? Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> that was quite mean. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're both wonderful. Okay, I'll give you, I was just yeah. testing just to see. Because yeah. you've obviously done illustrations yeah. for both of them. Uh, obviously, whoever is in the room with me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer you could have given. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, I would would have normally said film, but I think nowadays you get such amazing TV stuff. I might even go for TV. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people. Are it saying goes that on now. for longer, yeah. and like you get a bit more, more story. Yeah, yeah, a bit more flesh on the bones, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, writing or reading? Ah, uh, reading. Reading. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Yeti yeah. or Bigfoot? Uh, Yeti. Yeti. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. <laughs> that is that is mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, laptop or write by hand? I write by hand and then go to my laptop and oh. it's, I just double the, the length of time it yeah. takes me to write a book. Yeah. Roll Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Um, Roll Dahl, I think. Okay. Drawing or writing? Oh, man. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Drawing, maybe? But writing so much quicker. Like, you can get all these oh, crazy ideas down in like a quick writing of a sentence for his drawing you know sometimes it takes quite long I don't oh. I don't know if I can answer that at the moment I'm preferring writing actually but there are days where I love drawing I'm sorry that's not a quick fire no, answer no, no, no. Is it? That is, but it's interesting so it's fine <laughs> yeah. I let people off if it's interesting don't worry uh, bookshop visit or school tour oh man I would say school tour maybe yeah. they're both great but there's something about I find school tours are really fun like I find the uh, the kids are always great it's always great to actually meet people who are reading your books not that yeah like bookshops have that as well but, but there's there's, uh, there's an excitement in schools where I think that they might otherwise the, the kids might otherwise be doing like maths or yeah. something and they get to come down and just like listen to stories about monsters and things for a while which is yeah, it's uh, not a bad Tuesday afternoon yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I think it's quite can be quite exciting yeah uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh I th- oh man they're both pretty lovely mm. <laughs> I'd say Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh I grew up with yeah so I, I, I would go for him he's also got a funny name so. <laughs> <laughs> I like him, yeah. uh, finally the big one salt and vinegar or cheese and onion oh that is a big one I would say cheese and onion oh, oh no I'm sorry if I let you down I don't mind about it. you could say anything Any, for the other oh, ones man. it's well, just that one that I'm yeah. bothered about yeah it's a bit smelly isn't it it's, that's and the onion. thing I yeah think. yeah but it tastes so good Mate, it's, it is, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's delicious I will let you off because your book is so good well you are very kind um, and we should say uh, Frost Heart is out right now it is Yes, it's, it came out uh, yeah yesterday yeah. when we're recording this. But uh, and yeah. everybody needs to go and buy it because it is it is wonderful and it's beautiful. And then it, you can set up for the second book as well. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Brilliant. yeah. I will come back for the second one. Yeah, I'm, 
Yeah, yeah I, I would love to. That would, that would, <laughs> sorry, that would be an absolute uh, honour. That would be awesome. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for coming to Fun Kids. Thanks for having Cheers. me. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Now it's time to get a reading from Jamie Littler's brand new book, Frostheart. Chapter one, song. They shouldn't have been out on the snow. The snow hides death, the fear of people would claim, one of the many cheerful sayings taught to their children as soon as they were old enough to learn. And with good reason, the snow was a deadly place to be. But the ball wasn't that far away. A quick jog and a grab, and it would be theirs. And yet it might as well have been a million miles away. There it sat, a dark speck against the endless white plain. The four children looked at it in silence. They didn't move, they didn't dare. Each of them was tense, ready to run at the slightest noise. Ash, the smallest of them, gave a shiver and tucked his hands under his armpits, trying to soak up all of the warmth he could from his furs. His breath puffed out in a white cloud. Next to him, his friend Flair sniffed and wiped the snot dribbling from his nose with his sleeve. Flair always had a snotty nose. It was almost as if he wasn't used to the cold, which was strange, really, as there hadn't been a warm day in living memory. We could get that, he said, sniffing his large nose again. It's not that far. And it wasn't, but still, no one moved. You get it, Shine told Flair, her freckles doing nothing to soften the hard scowl that seemed forever etched into her face. What? I'm not going out there. Rise kicked it over the battlements. It should be him who gets it. Ash passed it too hard. He always does. He lost loads of balls when he lived with me, Rice said, his chubby cheeks raw from the chill. Yeah, he lost all mine when he lived with my family too, Shine agreed. Okay, okay, I passed too hard. I get it, Ash said. Anyway, it's your stupid ball, Rise pointed out to Flair. Exactly. It's my ball and I want it back, Flair retorted. There's another ball back at yours, Flair, Ash said, trying to stop the argument. Why don't we just play with that? We're already too close to the snow. We're not meant to be here. He was shivering terribly now, and not just because of the cold. He gazed at their stronghold high above them, nestled safely on its cliff-top perch. From this distance, it looked even smaller than usual, trapped and isolated amid its endless white surroundings. Ash wanted nothing more than to run back up the winding, raised wooden stairway and in through the front gates, back to safety. Ash is right. Leviathans have been seen about, lurkers no less, and I don't want to become any stupid lurker's breakfast, huffed Shine. We'll just be a second, Flair snapped. Still, no one moved. A cloud passed over the morning sun, strengthening the shadows across the snow plain. It got colder, quieter. There wasn't a sound, nothing, except for the whispering of the wind and the occasional sniff from Flair. The cold breeze bit into Ash's face. Guys, he began. Fine, I'll get it. Wow, you guys are such cowards, Rye said. Keep watch. If the grown-ups see, they'll kill me. It's not the grown-ups I'm worried about, Ash muttered. Looking out at the snow, he saw only unbroken, glistening white. It didn't seem possible that anything could be hiding beneath. But that's what lurkers do best. They hide. Rye stretched his arms out and rubbed his hands together, preparing to make the trek to the ball. It was probably a whole two hundred steps away. That was far, far enough to have the children shaking in their boots. After a moment's hesitation, Rise finally made the first careful step off the wooden platform and onto the snow. He froze. The other children held their breath. Nothing happened. The children breathed out in relief. As quietly and quickly as he could, Rise trotted over to the ball. His oak fur boots made a gentle noise as he padded through the snow. He was about a hundred steps away from the ball now. Fifty. Twenty. 
Ash could barely watch, yet he couldn't bring himself to look away. Sweat trickled down his neck despite the colds. Ten steps. Five steps. One. I've got it! Rise cried, hoisting up the ball. He quickly covered his mouth with a hand, shocked at the volume of his voice. Bring it back! Flair whispered as loud as he dared. And with a nod, Rise began to jog back. He's going to make it, said Shine. Ash laughed in relief. Then, thwoom! Snow erupted into the air like water from a geyser. The children staggered back as freezing slush rained down on them. Out of the snow chasm rose three large shapes. Lurkers, Ash gasped, his voice strained with fear. Well, that's pretty much all the time I've got in today's book club. Thank you to Sophie Hen, to Jeff Kinney, to Jamie Littler, and of course to Imogen for recommending a few books for us. I think, though, I do need to give you the answer to my very special book trivia question. Today's was, what is the smallest book ever? Now, this was decided by the Guinness World Records, by the way. Was it A, Teeny Ted from Turnip Town? Was it B, Small Sam in Sandals and Socks? Or was it C, Minute Max Makes Microwaves? Well, did you get the answer? The correct answer was A, teeny ted from turnip town the smallest book ever who knew well you do now thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you've enjoyed it make sure to rate review and subscribe and we'll see you again soon bye so that was a podcast from the children's radio station fun kids listen on dab digital radio across the uk or online at funkidslive.com Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!